Hello, and welcome back to the What the Fork podcast in association with Viper Goalkeeping. to the What The Fork podcast. Today's guest is another one that needs very little introduction. He's won the Premier League officially five times, the FA Cup twice, the League Cup twice, and a little competition called the Champions League twice as well. But welcome to the show, Wes Brown. How are you doing, Wes? Are you all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, good day. So I've come in a garden today. Nice and sunny. It's actually quite sunny here as well, Like, but um, I'm hoping it's not going to rain over the next like half an hour because that would just kill the whole interview, wouldn't it? But <laughs> No, I, th- I think I'm all right. I'm not sure about you. First things first, really, really important question. Do you think you are the hardest man in all of the town? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> great song, though. Uh, I still get embarrassed when people sing it, but um, it, it's it's nice to know um, that, you know, it still gets sung today. So, yeah, good laugh. We have a good laugh about it in the changing rooms, but uh, it's a nice gesture. Good song. I remember it vividly on a semi-final day in Old Trafford with a, a whole tram worth of people in Manchester singing it because we both knew all the words to it and we're quite happy to sing it. But um, before we delve into Sunderland, uh, we've got a lot of other stuff to go through United, of course. Um, but we'll go back all the way to sort of your childhood, born in Manchester, obviously. What are your earliest memories of so growing up and either falling in love with football, or watching football, playing football? What's your earliest memories? Yeah, always had the ball in my hand, um, even from the First videos we used to watch on the cassette um, when we go on holidays. I'd always have a ball kicking it about with my nana, granddad, and brothers. Obviously, at the beginning, I was very into karate, more of a leisure time. Uh, I missed out on my black belt twice. I was gutted. I was only about ten. Um, and then, I, obviously, my mates started playing in teams, Sunday league teams, and basically got me in a Sunday league team, and it pretty much flew from there, really. But I liked all sorts of sports. I was into everything at school. You joined Man United's academy when you were 12, is that right? It was more 13, more 1993, um, and then signed School of Excellence at the time it was called at 14, um, and then obviously two years after that, YTS. Were you always a Red then, or were you were you secretly a City fan or a different club? No, no, I mean, I, was, I lived closer to City. City was in, at, obviously, Main Road at the time at, at uh, Moss Side, which is right next to where I live, but my first game I ever went to was the United game. My granddad was an Arsenal supporter. He was from London. He tried, but it didn't quite work. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. And obviously, football was limited then to probably the Saturday grandstand game or something like yeah. that. There wasn't many on telly, so you just you basically watched anyone um, who was playing. Because it would have been before, sort of before Sky Sports. That was, was before Sky Sports. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely before Sky Sports. I think there might have been a game ITV or BBC. I can't remember. Um, but that, that would only be one game at the weekend, and maybe just highlights as well. So do you so. know, like when you first go to a game and stuff like that? Like I remember my first heroes were probably the people that I first went to see like live and stuff. Who were the first players that you would have seen live, like on the pitch, and which ones did you sort of connect with first? Then so. My my probably first player connected. I used to play right wing, so mine was Danny Wallace. Uh, Danny Wallace, and then obviously when I started going to the games, um, there was Giggsy. I mean, he was even playing then when I was about fourteen. Um, Paul Ince, and by that time I've gone centre back, and I used to love Pally and Bruce. And obviously, what what they were achieving at the time was was something obviously I wanted to 
to obviously one day um, accomplish as well. Crazy when you look at Steve Bruce and think he never actually won an England cap. There's a few like that, though, in different yeah. positions. There's a few. But yeah, Steve Bruce, fantastic, obviously, captain for the club. And he left actually when I signed YTS. So obviously, I'm going in every day now. He He's already gone. Pally was there. He was brilliant as well. Nothing much got past Pally. Already, as I'm a young lad, the, the team's phenomenal, you know, in positions, all the players that are there. And I'm this young lad coming through. So I had to sort of step up my game in training a bit. And, you know, the manager must have thought a lot about me because he, he did put me in some games. Did you have, like, any good advice when you were growing up as a, a junior or a youth team player from any of the coaches? Yeah, I mean, people sometimes forget that. Um, especially when you join at 16, you're still a kid. Seeing the world or anything, you've just basically finished school. And um, straight away, you're... You know, some of the lads are thrown into the deep end and straight onto, and it's sometimes it's hard to to understand or even be able to deal with it. But I mean, I was lucky in the sense that the class of '92 have come through. There's always been young players at United who were sort of in the first team squad. Um, but Eric Harrison was probably the key for for all of that. Um, Kiddo as well, the way he, you know, the the mentality he put into you straight from an early age. You know, um, what what the club was about. If you sort of grow up in that environment what's wanted from you and only the best and the best you can give. Um, what you don't realise at the time, the more you start to meet Sir Alex, he's implicating in, into all the first team players. And it's just a winning mentality that uh, once it's digged into you at an early age, it doesn't really go. Yep. When, do you first, when do you first meet Sir Alex? 13, when I first sort of went to the club. Um, we were still at the cliff. We'd train once a week. I know it's a lot more now. The gaffer was always the first one there and one of the last to leave. And yeah. even though we were training after school, he would sometimes pop in. Obviously, he comes over, shakes your hand and speaks to you for a bit. Obviously, you don't say much as a kid. You're just probably looking up in awe. But obviously, your, your mum and dad are there. I think my brother and my sister was there as well. He's a legend in, in a sense, you know, and I've always looked up to him. Um, obviously, when he was younger, you're probably a little bit more scared of him as well. But obviously, if you ever needed anything, you could just knock on that door and he'd be there and the way he handles certain situations uh, were, were fantastic. Didn't he say you were the, the most naturally talented defender that he'd ever had at Manchester United? Yeah, I mean, I don't. People ask me what does he. What, well, they bring that up all the time, and I always probably explain it as in, you know, the gaffer always trusted in me. So, and what I mean by that is, he never actually told me how to defend. He just let me do it. You know, he wouldn't necessarily say mark him. He just let me go and do it. He knew I would. I was more than capable of doing it and, um, you know, it's a, a massive praise from him. I think your debut was against Leeds and I, if I'm right in thinking, Leeds, it, would have been, it would have been Hasselbank. That would have... Unbelievable. That's probably my... I've always said it's in my top three. Maybe it could be even one. Games, I mean, <clears throat> the feelings I had, um, I was I was getting put in every now and again, you know, like with the starting lads and I was not, wasn't wondering what was going on. I didn't sleep the night before. Big Pally. As well, he's, I'm not sure if you know Pally, but he's a, he's a bit of a joker. He's a good lad. He said I was, he said I was actually starting. And I don't think he was lying. Um, but I didn't, because he told me that, I didn't sleep the night before. Not, not one wink. And I was just going with adrenaline. But I, I didn't start and I actually come on. Um, and then I had a really good game against Leeds. You know, I couldn't have wished for a better game because you need a bit of luck. Do you know what I mean? Because... Yeah. Anything could happen. And I always remember um, me, I think me and Jimmy, yeah, we did. We had a race to the ball. I think we just played down the side and I got there before him. Sort of turned out. So I was nervous. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I remember passing it back to, to Peter Smichael. And I always remember Jimmy saying to me, Wes, slow down. But he kept calling me Wes. And I was thinking, how does this guy even know who I am? Um, 
but yeah, it was a fantastic day for me and my family. But from then on, I just knew this is this is what I want, and this is I'm loving it already. That's surreal making your debut in what's effectively like a derby because Leeds and Man United hate each other. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was a, the friends. Yeah, it was a big rivalry then. Um, like, obviously, it was it was a second to last game, and we didn't. There was not much to play for, so the manager um, put me on in that game. Maybe with someone else, I can't remember. But the the last game of the season, he put a lot of youngsters on, and we played um, Barnes, and we did really well. Um, and then that will obviously brought that on for the, the next season where he kept me, Matt, for instance, Mark Wilson and John, Jonathan Greening, our little bits here and there to, to help that. What was the, the, like the lads that were coming through in your age? Shades is um, a year younger than me. So, so yeah, I was sort of already in the first team by then a little bit. Yeah, I was, so. I was 18. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, Shazy was brilliant. We we hit it off straight away. And obviously we, it, it was good. The manager, he didn't throw us all in at once. Every, he threw everyone in every now and again to see if he could handle it. Um, hopefully he'd improve and, and learn stuff off the players that were there as well. So it, it was, in my year, there was probably Rick Wellens, um, David Healy, who you'll probably know, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um, Alex Notman. I and he was a lad yeah. called Leon Mills, who's, who's actually my, my best mate. He didn't actually carry on. He there was only five or six of us that signed in my year. It wasn't a big a big squad um, to begin with, and which in a way helped us because we always played with the older lads because of it. Um, so we were playing against bigger lads. Um, obviously, age wise at that that time, I'm still still trying to fill out. Um, I'm not a man yet, so it was it was it sort of worked out perfect for me. You won the, I can't remember the name of it, because it, but it's basically Young Player of the Year. Yeah, I think you're the only person that won it twice. What was it, Giggs? He's won it Jimmy twice. Murphy Award. Jimmy Murphy Award, that's the one. I, I, I yeah, Jimmy Murphy Award. Yeah, me and Giggs there. Yeah, yeah, me and Giggs there. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, that it could easily happen again. Um, but at that age, I mean, I went to Lily Shaw, which was a national school as well, um, at the age of 14. So when I signed for United, I actually went to boarding school. Um, for two years and we had the likes of Michael Owen, Michael Ball, John Harley and that basically got the mindset completely right you know ready for this ready for football in general because that was more like YTS at 14 you know mm. you go to school you come home you do you do football you train every day it got you into the mentality right and, and that helps a lot as well. It was 97, 98 you're talking about sort of 98, 99 which I think more games, much more games than you had done pre. I think it was two games that you said near the end. Season afterwards, you played quite a bit. And Stan, Ronnie Johnson, Gary Neville. Like, how much do you learn from those players at such a young age? All the time. I mean, and you have to remember every player is different as well. Uh, but there was Henning Bird, Mazer, um, like you said, Ronnie Johnson, yeah, Gary Nev, Phil Nev, Dennis Irwin. Um, fantastic players. And when I look at it now, I'm thinking, how did I even get a game every now and again? But the manager was good at that. He was good at rotations and he'd throw me in for some really big games as well. Um, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. And he's just giving you a feel for it. You know, he knows that, you know, in the future, you're probably going to be playing more regular. But if he thinks you're ready, he'll, he won't be shy and throwing you in. And, I, and that's what I love about it. The team at the time, um, I think as I come in and played my that season, um, Gary Pallister then went to Middlesbrough. So, you know, there's, there's a couple of slots opening. But I think as a young lad, um, you know, once I played a few games, the manager trusted in me. He had a lot of confidence, so I think it just went from there, really. 
talking about the games you've played in and the games that give you the chance, and you mentioned a couple before, Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich, all those sort of games. And I'm looking at like the players that were in the side at that point. You're talking about like Bolo's ending. I think because he came in at right back originally, so Bolo would have been Zenden, yeah. Rivaldo. Rivaldo. Effenberg. Um, yeah. I mean, what you yeah, come up against players that are like household names and have won all sorts of stuff for like a teenager. Do you, do you learn quite a lot from playing against players of that ilk immediately? Like just being thrown yeah, in? Yeah, you do. And once you played with Rivaldo and he scores a hat trick, but <laughs> uh, it was good. I mean, I think when you're young, sometimes you think you don't really take everything in. Um, so you're just sort of playing there's not much thinking you're sort of just playing and focusing on playing focusing and not getting anything wrong I think as you get older you know you've had lots of games now and you maybe you're thinking about it more but when I was young I just got on with it um, you know when when you're playing against world class players as well like I said I mean these guys are, are playing against the best defenders Yapstam and Ronnie Johnson at the time who were two powerhouses um, I remember being just really skinny and but I was fast but really skinny and there was sometimes when you come up with it um, against uh, an attacker who was big, strong, that was more of his game. He'd bring the ball down, hold it up. Um, you'd struggle a bit. Do you know what I mean? So you'd, you'd learn pretty quick. And to be fair, I actually understood it, understood it quicker rather than later. Um, like I understood you can't fight everyone. Um, the bigger lads do, that's their game. They're, they're waiting for that. You know, these, these fast players that you play different more technical players you play different you can probably get a bit more physical um, so yeah I think the better you learn all that stuff um, it helps it definitely helps who was the over your whole career obviously probably jumping in a bit too fast here but who was the toughest opponent that you came against up against through your whole career yeah there's some tough ones I mean John Artson when at the early doors of my career he absolutely bullied me to bits uh, that that was like my first season as well when he was at Coventry. Um, like I just said, I tried to, to sort of fight him and that didn't work out too well. Um, <laughs> I would have to say, I always say Zidane because he, he he played left midfield at the time. So he wasn't necessarily the left wing. Not a bad player. He, <laughs> yeah, he was like skulls. You just can't mark him. Even if you tie it, someone else is running off him. He knows where he is. He, he makes space again. Um, and Ronaldo, obviously, um, R9 on that um, Madrid side. Um, phenomenal. Marking him as a centre-half when he played for Real. I did, yeah, when he scored a hat-trick at Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you, people will let you, you off for that. that. If you watch him score that, if you watch him score that 30 yard, it's me who tries to stick a leg out. <laughs> uh, and there's absolutely no chance. But, you know, that's probably the only time I've seen a, an opponent player get clapped when he came up and sub and even I wanted to clap but obviously we were like in a game I'm thinking wow I, I, I don't know what he was like when he was younger because believe me he was a bit older then and like yeah. some of the lads say he was probably a little bit overweight um, and he was still doing that you know so when you hear some lads talk about him and um, when he was younger in his Barca days he did, they just say honestly he'd never seen anything like it so he's, he's got to be up there as well He's a scary, scary player, Ronaldo. I was lucky enough to see him when he was about 18, 19. I think it was my first ever England game, 1995, the Umbro Cup. I think he was 19. It was yeah. just after the World Cup, 94. And oh my God. I mean, both Ronaldo's tremendous players, but like yeah. seeing that kind of level of talent. And if people ever ask why I fell in love with football, I was lucky enough to see Ronaldo when I was like 11. So yeah, <laughs> uh, explains a, a lot. A lot of people say that. Though. Obviously, going back a little bit to 
sort of your first season. It was a treble winning season, which is there's so much you could speak about with that. But I think probably that the thing that sticks out when you talk about that treble winning season is of course the final, which you were on the bench for. I think you played like a lot in the group stages, I think all the way up to the quarterfinal pretty much. Um, yeah. And obviously you're not on the pitch at the time, but even I remember it as a, I guess a neutral in, in a way. Um, I wanted Man United to win it because they were the English team, I wanted them to win it and you couldn't help but celebrate it. But what was it like being part of the squad that day when what happened happened? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in the back of the mind, there's always a chance. Even though I knew I wasn't really going to come on, there's always a chance in the back of your mind that you could do. So I was nervous and I, I'm not a nervous person, um, but I was so nervous. And obviously there's me and Jonathan Green in on the bench and we're just wondering what's going to happen. But obviously when you go 1-0 down, um, it's more than likely the defender's not going to come on, you know. And we didn't actually play that well in that game as well, which yeah. which was frustrating because of the season we had, you know, the, the teams we've actually played to get to that position. We're talking quality teams. Um, Juventus into Milan's. You know, even to say, you know, the Arsenal team we beat in the semi-final without gigs of goal. Um, we win the league on the final day with a Coley chip. We sort of, a little bit cruise past Newcastle. It yeah. wasn't as tough as I thought it would be. Um, but then you get to this game and all of a sudden we're not playing well. And you're just sitting on the bench going, oh. Just, and then they score, they get the post, I think they get the crossbar as well. And you just, yeah. you're just like, wow. But there's one thing that I've always learned and that's no matter what, and it starts with the manager, you, we never give up. You would never see anyone give up. And once them two subs came on, and Teddy and Ollie, the crowd lifted itself. And I think everyone did with it, even on the bench. And you just knew something was going to happen. And obviously, once we got the corner and scored, I think that was it. I think everyone knew, without saying it, we were going to win. And we're probably going to win now as well, on the next one. Um and, you know, heartbreaking for, for Bayern Munich, who, who played really well in that game. And that's why I love football, for things that happen like that, you know, um, a few minutes to go, we score two to win the European Cup. I mean, you can't, you probably wouldn't write it any better. You're right in what you're saying. I remember the game really vividly. I can't remember how old it was, but I remember, Carson, I think it was Carson Yanker hit the crossbar with like an overhead kick or something like he that. He did, and yeah. And the, and the ball lands straight back into Michael's hands. It was, <laughs> it was all sorts going on. But, and on any other day, you know, we could have been easy to know down, but it wasn't meant to be. And the, the you know, the the way we carried on, obviously, we're missing Scolzi and Kino as well, two big players for us. Um, so, but the way the lads carry on and the gaffer brings the subs on and it lifts us again. I mean, that mentality is the one that's got us through many games in the past. And when you look at Kino, I was going to touch on that. Obviously, he was missing for the final in Scolzi as well. Both of them missed um, the final. Huge, huge players. Some of the best players that ever existed. But Roy Keane is a, a mentality as well. You miss that hugely, or I can imagine you do. But how pivotal was he throughout that run? Because I remember the Juventus game, he pretty much dragged you back into the, the tie event, like effectively, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, to start off, Keane set the standards. Um, you know, the way he was on the pitch... He, um, he had to give 100% and if he didn't, he'd tell you about it. But it wasn't that you had to, you, you wanted to, you know, people like that, the, the way he wants to win his mentality was frightening. I mean, he'd always stick up for the lads. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we all know Keena can, can shout at someone, but he was one of the first to come and congratulate you as well. You know, when you're walking off the pitch and 
um, he can if you've had a good game, he'd tell you. You know, he'd have no problem with doing both sides of it. And you know, as a young lad growing up, that's exactly what you need. You need both sides of it, and he provided that. But the, the, the obviously the game um, against Inter phenomenal individually performance. That's up there with one of the bestest with the circumstances and stuff. Knowing that he's he's not going to play as well. He, he led by example. When you've got someone like that in the dressing room, does that almost well Ferguson and him in the dressing room? That's your manager. That's your captain. Is that why do you think Man United scored so many late goals? Because you you never knew when you were beat. Yeah, that was definitely the mentality. Uh, you know, you, you never give up. I mean, people used to say we, we've won so many leagues, but there were games where we weren't playing the best, but you just didn't give up. You knew something was going to happen. And you still watch football today. If someone's getting beat and he's 10, five minutes left, they're probably going to get one more chance. Do you know what I mean? And that's the mentality. That's the mentality you've got to think and keep it going. We're going to get one more, maybe two, because that's just the way football goes, especially when someone's lead, um, holding on to a lead. Um Every player had that, and I think that's how it worked. And that that was driven from the manager as well, you know, um, and the coaching staff. Keno, Gaz, it would do as many players that that it would be all passed down to. Around that sort of time after the, you won the Champions League, it might have been just before, just after, I can't quite remember, but you got your first sort of England call-up, or at least your first England debut. I think Glenn Hoddle would have been, I think, at that point. What are your memories of your first England camp? <laughs> pretty nervous to be fair and obviously these are some of these players have been playing for England for many years and um, I was the youngest probably one of the youngest at the time there's obviously a few lads that I knew because of the team but fantastic um, experience my whole career it was funny I mean I've, I've probably been in the England setup for 10 years <laughs> but I never really played you know we had great defenders that when I started to when I finished and um, I would never and I remember the day I went to see Capello to say listen I, for myself I just I'm not gonna I'm just I just don't want, want to be selected anymore I mean I went to when, one major competition which was the World Cup but other than that I never really went I didn't go to anything else and it was nothing personal it was just you know my knees were starting to hurt a lot more and this little and it sounds so weird four or five days was perfect for it because everything was just recovering time to get all the treatments and England was tough. I mean, the training was so hard. The competition, you know, you got all the, the lads from different teams and everyone wants to impress. But you get have a lot of experience from there. Um, obviously, at the time, Shearer leading the way. And, you know, it's a shame we didn't actually win anything because the plays we had was, was, was definitely, you know, when, when we look at them now on paper, we, we should have won something. And yeah. it, it's, you know, I, pretty much a shame. Can I say I was looking to the the 2002 World Cup squad that year. You went to Beckham, Scholes, Terry, Gerard, Ferdinand, and that's just off the top of my head. Um, do you think on paper, yeah. you know, paper alone and paper doesn't win football games? But do you think that's the best England side that's probably ever existed, and that's why people are so like? I don't know about ever existed, um, but at the same time, it's definitely the talent's definitely there. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. I mean, England, you go to England every few months and the manager's got to get the the formation perfect. And, you know, we had so many midfielders, so many centre-halves and you're trying to trick people in who are doing really well for the clubs. And obviously, people always talk about the Gerard, Lampard and Scholes one. I mean, all fantastic players, you know what I mean? Um, and we just couldn't work out how to play everyone. And sometimes that that is the downfall. 
If you had to choose one of them between Scholes, Lampard and Gerrard, who would you choose? I'd always choose Scholes, uh, um, but they're all fantastic players. Gerrard was a, unbelievable. He was a joke. You could play Gerrard anywhere on the pitch. Yeah. Anywhere, and he'd, and he'd, he'd probably up there with one of the best in that position, and that's, that's honestly the truth. I mean, I grew up with Stevie. We're the same age, so we grew up from all the England, um, from the 15s onwards, so and the way he... You know, coming to himself was fantastic. By the time a certain Cristiano Ronaldo had joined, uh, you were what you class as an experienced player. The names that we've just mentioned throughout the conversation already, sort of Keane, Beckham, Scholes, Gerrard, uh, some of the greatest players of all time. But could you tell Ronaldo was going to be of them from the minute that you saw him at the club? Yeah, he did. He, you know what? He did special things, um, even from early on. And obviously, you have to work on that. And when he came, you know, he was... Great lad. He still is a great lad. Funny as funny as hell. Um, he would always tell you he's going to be the best player in the world. And you're looking at him when he's playing, you can go, okay, I can see. You're not, yeah. But yeah, okay, but we'll see about that. We don't know. But the focus he had to, you know, this focus he had to um, mentally to say to himself, I'm going to be the best and continue that um, and watch him as the years went went by and he's getting better and better. He, um, once he found out how to put the ball in the back of the net, I think he was unstoppable. I think he's one of them guys that he, his mentality, he doesn't just want to be the best in the Premier League, he wants to be the best ever. And that's what drives him on. He just pushed himself and pushed himself. And I always say that to the young kids, if, if you've got drive and you want to become a footballer, it's a big start to... To everything that's involved in the game because it's not everyone who's you know gifted with football that makes it um, you have to have that other side to you and his mentality side's up there with the best what was he like in the, the dressing room as a personality you mentioned he was quite funny and he seems like quite an affable guy truth be told and he's funny lad yeah funny lad he used to come in and say he used to get his top off you know you know what he's like and give his little tenses and get his wings out and say look look very good eh but um, <laughs> he was a funny lad, you know, we fit in straight away. I mean, I'm sure he's done interviews where he said, he, you know, he loved everyone at United because it is like a family club from wherever you start from the security men coming in. But he, he definitely enjoyed his time. Uh, and it's funny, like, the, the best thing is about it, he's always said he wanted to play for Real Madrid. So him and the manager obviously had the conversation. We got another year out of him or two, can't remember, but what a phenomenal player to be able to do in it at United, Real Madrid, and still now at, um, how old is he now? 35, 30, unbelievably. 35. 35. <laughs> 35, yeah. And, you know, he's still going. And he, he's got clever with it as well. He knows exactly what to do now, where's defenders' weaknesses. Don't use up all his energy. He just does the runs at the right time. But his finishing is still there. I mean, him and Messi, um, the, the stats they put up, if you're actually mm -hmm. looking at him properly, yeah, he's stupid. You just like looking at feet. It's not real. Um, <laughs> you know, so you can't, you have to look at him and just put your hands up and go, fantastic job you've done. When it comes to uh, Ronaldo, obviously he turned it around and I think people just, you can't help but respect him. But I remember one particular incident, I think I, can't, I think it was Euro 2000, um, the winking moment when he when Rooney got sent off. The whole wink. Yeah, yeah. Did anything after yeah. that, was anything... Was it quite cold in the dressing room after that, or was it a case of you're at United, you get on with it, you shake hands, and you just respect? I was it. We had to do it to win. It was 2006, wasn't it? Yeah, 2006. It I didn't go to that, but no, when he got when we got back to training, it was fine. We're the sort of club that you can 
no matter what happens when you're all in the training ground you can probably both look at each other and laugh it off straight away that's honestly the truth yeah and I know the press make a big thing out of it, but we're teammates. And at, on that day, they weren't teammates. It's six football. That's how it goes. It's, it is what it is. And people make a big deal out of it. And it, it, it didn't end up being a big deal at all. Players that you've played with, played against. 2008, you faced, I think, Barcelona. I think it was in the semi-final of the Champions League. A game I remember really well. School, you scored. Obviously, you qualified, got to the final. But that day, you marked Lionel Messi. Now, you kept the clean sheet. But Mark and Lionel Messi... How do you go about marking Lionel Messi? What goes through your head? How do you think, right, this is how I'm going to approach it? Well, first of all, I had a really good season that year. I think I nearly played every game. Yeah. No injuries. My knees were good. Um, so my confidence was very high. And obviously, we played against great players, but we also have great players in training as well. Uh, yeah. And I just remember thinking to myself, I'll be absolutely fine. Just don't dive in. <laughs> and if you ever watched the game, I'm actually marking him, so sort of wherever he goes, I'm going regardless. Um, and then someone else will fill in that centre back because Vida wasn't he wasn't fit at the time. And if you ever watch it, his first two times, I don't really go with him. I'm sort of hmm, should I go in there? I don't know because he's really deep. Yeah. And he turns and he turns and runs at us, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> From then on, I did really well against him, uh, but. He's, he's so tricky, mate. He, he, he like he's he glides with the ball. You know what I mean? And as a defender, it was actually times when I was running with, with him, and I was thinking, and it's all split seconds, you know, because you're playing a game. Yeah. If he pushes it again, I'm going to tackle him. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if I would have done, he would have just he would have nipped it again. I, I know he would have because he was that good with the ball, running at pace with, with that sort of speed. So yeah, when he did have the ball, I just got tight, um, a little bit aggressive. And eventually, you know, the aim was to make him pass it, and and you know, it worked pretty well. It's very, I know it sounds so stupid, but that that was the aim, just to get him off the ball. Because even though they had a fantastic team, he was the one. If he's running at you like that, he can cause problems because he can drag two or three defenders to him, and then his assist as well. And up there with with his with his scoring, so you know, we would. Um, have to be very my concentration levels have to be very high anyway it's, it kind of feels that if you leave Messi even if you stay with him for 90 minutes sometimes he can just sort of do you over but like looking at the yeah. the stats I was like bloody hell Wes Brown's got a clean sheet against Messi I've got to ask about that so <laughs> just don't dive in yeah it was a good I mean I mean everyone <laughs> played well but I've watched the game back okay. and he, he's still taking everyone on still creating chances and I, I, you know that's, that, that day it just felt like once goals he scored we knew we just had to be focused and we, we've got this because that was a fantastic team. And obviously, um, they went on to beat us, you know, the a couple of years on the bounce as well, which yeah. is a little bit frustrating, but that just shows how good they got as well. Yeah, they, they, they became like the golden era, didn't they? And the, the go-to team like a couple of years afterwards. So absolutely yeah. zero shame in that. But as it was with that year, that was the second time you won the Champions League. But this time, obviously, you played in the final. And I was watching it back and obviously you cross left-footed. Good, good ball in, to be fair. What are your memories of that day? Yeah, it was a bit quieter than Barcelona because it wasn't... We, I mean, we must have been a, a bit out of the way in the hotel. Um, obviously, coming to the game, it wasn't as crazy as in Barcelona where you see fans everywhere. And the... The game kicked off so late as well. But actually, the the assist was we actually talked about it because we knew Michael Essien was playing right back. Obviously, Essien's fantastic player, probably not a right back though, but he's a fantastic midfielder. Ron is so good in the air, 
you know, they were, we just talked about if there's any time we get, because Ronnie will have a fair shot at um, obviously getting a chance. And I think the first one I've whipped in, um, little one-two with skulls there. Ronnie's done a fantastic header. I mean, I always say, listen, I'm just floating it in there to see if he can get on it. But, you know, Ronnie's guided it in and got us off to a good start. And in that game, you know, looking back, it still frustrates me that we didn't score another because we was on top for about 30 minutes. And uh, this big Chelsea team um, started getting in the game. And, you know, Michael Ballack, you Drogba, obviously John Terry, um, Ashley Cole, they're all getting in the team. Frank Lampard. And obviously then Frank gets one back. And honestly, it was head to head for the rest of the, the time. People challenging, crosses, everything. Everyone was on knives. And then obviously after extra time, well, first Drogba gets sent off. And honestly, out of that day, Drogba was a brilliant player. But if you go head to head with Vida and his mentality is there, that it's going to be a tough one because Vida, when he's, and it was a battle, that was just pure strength battle, headers. Who's going to win the shoulders? It was everything. And Vida, that's the challenge. He, he loves that. He loves that sort of stuff. And so does Drogba. So obviously when we've gone into extra time and I mean, I came off with about two minutes to go, extra time and Anderson come on. And I'm not going to lie, I was relieved a little bit because just the thought of maybe taking a penalty was, and I don't take penalties, it was, it was it, it panic shot. Do you know what I mean? So I was relieved, but still nervous at the same time. And, and we all know what happened after that. But um, I get a great, a great team we had there, great squad. You know, Tevez, Ronaldo, Rooney up front, Isaha, but he'd been injured a little bit. Um, Rio Vida, myself, Gaz, Patrice, Owen Hargreaves, G, you know, Nani. And there's some, some players that people forget to mention that in certain games in the season, like G in some of the games, you just look at it thinking, what is going on? Who is this guy? He just... He doesn't stop. Do you know what I mean? And um, I always remember the manager saying about G that, you know, there was a few times that he had to give him bad news that he wasn't getting selected and stuff. And it was probably the hardest thing he's ever done because what he's done previous to games coming into it. He was a total workhorse, wasn't he? He was like, I think, I can't remember what season it was, but I remember one season it was like, he started realising as a neutral fan how much he did for United. And you're like, bloody hell, if he's playing, like you're not going to get a minute's piece in the middle of that midfield because he was just everywhere. But he could he could push forward and he could get goals and he could assist goals and stuff as well. And it was, when I remember when he went to QPR and I was just like, as a Sunderland fan, I remember seeing QPR signing all these players. And when they signed, when they signed G, I just remember being like, oh, like, they're really made forgot him, but just <laughs> for some reason just didn't work out with QBR. But I think there's that, that's a long, long story, isn't it, with with QBR? But as it was, um, 15 years at Man United in total, I think it was. He started at 14, left at 31. Yeah, give or take. And yeah, then you come, take, to, yeah. you come to Sunderland. I imagine we weren't the only club that were interested in you. I have a feeling, I, I feel like Blackburn were at the time or something or someone along that line. I think Stoke, Stoke definitely were. Yeah. yeah I, was, I think it was Stoke. I was actually nearly going to go Stoke because it, just because of the not moving home stuff because it was still close. Um, but obviously Steve Bruce got into me and ended up coming. Uh, it was funny because I, I know they wanted Shazy as well, so I kept throwing in Shazy every day saying, are we doing this or what? <laughs> but obviously, it comes down to individual and I signed the day before, but um, yeah, it was, um, I had a fantastic time at Sunderland, even though all the stuff we went to, I learned so much because I was so used to winning stuff or to see the other side of, I'm so happy it happened, but 
I'm not happy how it all sort of ended for the club in the sense that we how they left the Premier League and stuff. Um, but it was a, a big learning curve how other teams in a Premiership obviously work and deal with deal with it. Is it a bit of a, a culture shock leaving Man United? Who are like it's just it's a I can't think of the word, but it's it's basically just one of those places where it's like a well-oiled machine. It's a from from top to bottom. Um, Man United's Man United, whereas Sunderland, as much as it's my club and I love them, we're, we're not Man United, and I don't think there's many clubs that are. Does it? Is it a bit of a culture shock when you move to a club like Sunderland and kind of the things change? I, no, I wouldn't say a culture shock. I mean, I knew the manager, I knew a lot of the team in there. There was a, a few ex United players as well. I think Bardo, Kieran was there. Obviously, Shazy had come as well. So that that wasn't a problem at all. I've knew I've known some of them from England. Um, the club is actually brilliant. The training ground's brilliant. Um, so that was pretty much the same. So yeah, I mean, it was just getting started. Obviously, that I knew it was going to be different. We're not necessarily going to be challenging for champions for for leagues and stuff. But hopefully, we could try and improve the team and and get get us somewhere. Obviously, before I sort of finish my career. I think when you came, there was actually three three United players we wanted. There was you, O'Shea, Gibble, Darren Gibson, who Gibble. eventually ended up coming. But I think Gibble ended up going to uh, Everton. Because he yeah, came think, after. Yeah, he went to Everton, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he went to Everton, yeah. He was yeah. like the one that I think I expected we would get. And it was like, oh, we'll not get Wes Brown and John O'Shea. That will not happen. And then it ended up happening the other way around. That you were the first to come. And he, he turned us down, yeah. but... It made it a lot easier that Shazy come. I, I always tell people that all the time because obviously I've known Shazy since he was, we were both kids. So in that sort of sense, settling in was fine. Um, and then when you speak to the lads, Cats, Seb, you know that we were sort of a little bit older than everyone else. Cats was the captain and we got him fantastic. And we would try and help out in any way, especially with the young lads coming through. I'd always speak to the young lads and have a little laugh with them. But that's what happened at United. You know, the, if you ever wanted to talk to the first team, we weren't they weren't like Charlie in a way. They sit down and have a chat, just normal people. So we tried to do that side of it, and you know we got on with all the young lads. I think you made your debut, if I remember rightly. I was there at Anfield, got a one-one draw. Yeah. I think I think one, you got one, one of the matches as well. Yeah, I did. You yeah, did I do. Yeah, I remember that game. Uh, Sabo with a free kick, wasn't it? No, it was. Um, Is it not? Elmo put the cross in and then he like bicycle kicked it sort of so he had bicycle yeah. kick that was it yeah yeah I remember that one I mean it was a, a good start a 1-1 one, 1-1 one, one, one at Anfield you know it was looking good and to be fair we had some good games that year um, and then I just my knees started playing up and my injuries started and it was an absolute nightmare because sometimes I'd, what what I did when I was a little bit older as well which which probably shouldn't have done but I just wanted to and I needed to is I probably should have stopped every now and again to get everything right but I'd play on a little bit injured it would just get worse until one day I'd be like that's it and then I'd be out for a month or two months or three months and it was a nightmare um, so I had me ups and downs in that's in the injury sense and it was very frustrating with the I got the second game after that was Newcastle where we got beat the last time Newcastle yeah. actually beat us which uh, yeah I remember I, yeah Nice to be able to say, but uh, an awful day, if I'm honest. I think that did really affect a lot of, 
a lot of the season because that that game means so blooming much that sometimes it can either give you a huge boost it or does, a, huge, it? a huge downer. Um, did did it feel like that when we lost that game that it was just like oh shit? But away you go. Um, people are talking about it. They're talking about this derby, and you know I understand derbies. Obviously, we got the city one. I, I always used to say I always used to look for the Liverpool game first. Um, when when I first got into the team, only because City weren't there yet. Um, but this game, you could see that with the way it got built up, that it was she's not one to lose. Do you know what I mean? And if you lost, there could be some consequences. But um, you know, once you do lose, lose that, you lose a lot of confidence a little bit. Just going forward um, to the next few games because you realise how big it is. With the season as it was. Obviously, Brucey didn't last much longer after that. And I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, he would have been one of the big reasons that you joined. I think before we talk about him going and what your thoughts were on it, I remember right again, it was, I think it was basically a mix up between yourself and Kieran Westwood, I think, in like the last minute. Yeah, the keeper, yeah, I remember it. it that, that was more my fault, if I'm being honest. I should have just dealt with it. But yeah, I mean, it, it was sad because that, that was one of the reasons we probably went. I'm very close to the family, so we have a laugh about it. Um, I know he's, I know he's some well. Um, have a laugh about it now. He says, "You got me sacked, you." As a joke, it was one of them. You don't know what to think. You just like, "Wow!" But obviously, they wanted to change. And, and deep down, listen, football's football. At any point, anything can happen like that. I didn't think it would happen how it did, as in we had so many managers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, it is what it is and, and you, you have to just keep on going and move on. 